everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins. We are sitting here at episode number 50 with Jonah Ray, stand-up comedian and also co-host of the Nerdist podcast, one of the most popular podcasts on this planet. More on him in a minute. Let's get some business out of the way. Propertyofzach.com. If you are not visiting there, you should be. Go check out the website. They will give you the latest and greatest in what's happening in independent music. It can show you what's tours are coming up and you know a bunch of different stuff. We love them as our partners. Go visit the website. Uh, I also want you, if you would be so kind, drop a review of the show or simply just click on how many stars you like uh, the show on iTunes. So go there, write a few sentences. You people that have done that already, I can't thank you enough. Uh, it just makes us look better in the podcast world when people trip onto the show and are like, oh, okay, it has a lot of reviews. That must mean people like it. So do that. And I've been noticing the amount of international love is awesome. People from Australia, UK, like you obviously have such a closed view of the world when I'm doing this in my office. And it's like, oh, I don't think that anybody across the world is going to download this and care about it. But they do. And that's awesome. And thank you for listening. One other random thing, and I promise for those of you that listen regularly, this will be the last time I bother you about it. There's a website called the avclub.com. They do a weekly roundup of podcasts and they do a segment that's called New to Us, which is basically they pick a show out of the blue and feature it. And then that way they spread awareness of that particular show. And they also give not a nice review, but just basically a description of what the show is. And I'm just obsessed with that idea. I want this show to be featured on there. So in order for that to happen, email podmass, M-A-S-S, at avclub.com. And that way, uh, yeah, if a few of you hit them up, then they might check it out. And uh, that's all I can really ask for. If you do that, I will be forever grateful. Thank you. I realize I'm kind of demanding in these things like, hey, do this, do that. But you just got to ask. You got to put it out there because sometimes people do and other times people don't. I do probably, I don't know, like 60% of the things that uh, people ask of me and the other 40%, you know, falls by the wayside. So yeah, Jonah Ray, he is the guest. I've just heard him on the Nerdist podcast talk about you know, references to him being in a punk band and, you know, him being straight edge at one point. And so there was these things that just like, I don't know, man, like, I feel like I need to talk to this dude. So obviously knowing no way to really contact him, hit him up on Twitter. This was one of the first people that I hit up on Twitter that, you know, I had no relation to and they responded. So I basically said, Jonah, you want to come on this podcast? And I mean, for a person like him who is completely aware of podcasts and probably inter does interviews on like 9 million different ones. Why would he care about this one? But obviously I put it in the context where it was like, oh, this seems interesting. He hit me back and said, sure, let's do this. And he was kind enough to open his house to me one afternoon. So I went up there to Los Angeles and we hung out in his living room and basically just talked for about an hour. It was really interesting to get to know him. Great dude. Not like I expected anything different, but it was just great to be able to speak to someone who was raised from our scene, but is doing something completely different, but still has those ties and those relations and that sort of mentality to the whole DIY independent culture nature that, that a lot of us, it's meaningful to. That was great. One last thing before we dive into the actual interview. My attention span is, I don't know if anybody else is noticing. I feel 
it's getting worse and worse as time goes on. And maybe that's just a symptom of getting older. And maybe that's just like so many fucking distractions that we have in our life. But I legitimately, when I'm watching a movie, not not in the movie theater, but if I'm doing things at home, if I'm watching a movie at home, television, whatever the case may be, I have to put away my iPad, my iPhone, all these other things that can distract us from actually just sitting down and watching. And it, like, there are times where it's like, even if it's a half an hour program, there's times where I like, you know, just look over my phone and it's like, no, it's like fucking put it away. Just chill out. Focus on the moment. I'm sure that other people are feeling this way as well, but uh, it's just so weird because, you know, I was obviously living in a time where cell phones weren't as pervasive as they are. And I remember that I was definitely an early adopter when it comes to that because I remember my mom being like, oh yeah, you're driving on your own. You need a cell phone in case of emergencies, which turned into me just making phone calls to friends on it. So cell phones have existed in my life for a long time, but I feel like it's a sacrifice for me being able to actually sit down and pay attention to something. Email me if you have a similar experience, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to do, but I just want to put it out there. Attention span is dwindling. It's not for this show. This is the 50th episode. I'm continuing. This is awesome. We are two episodes away from being at the year mark. 52 weeks. That's a long time. Anyways, here's Jonah. He's awesome. You're going to learn a lot. I promise. I get it. Like, I'm not definitely not one of those straight edge kids. It's just like, oh, you're one of those guys. Like, you gave up on it. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. life. Like, I get it. It's funny because there's like a there's a really awesome guy that hangs out the meltdown show that I do every oh, week. Oh, sure. Out, and like, um, it's this hardcore kid who's a great photographer uh-huh. and just comes every week and takes pictures and portraits of the comedians. Oh, that's awesome. And like, he's just like straight edge hardcore kid, real, real in the PMA, like right. real in the positive, <laughs> positivity, really. Sure, in the sure. Show. Right. And, uh, like, it's funny because I guess I played, uh, on my podcast, Jonah Radio, I played mm-hmm. uh, Title Fight. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, I just, I'm like, oh, man, this sounds like fucking hot sounds like, music. Yeah, like, this sounds uh, like everything that was happening in the mid-90s. Yeah, exactly, right. which is most things coming out right now. Exactly. Uh, but, like, you know, it, like, I was like, oh, this is great. And I played it, and then, like, uh, I think it was Title Fight, but it was some band. And then, like, uh, he came up to me this week, he was like, oh, hey, and he's a younger guy, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, hey, I noticed you played, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's good. So it's a cool record. Because, you know, we're like around the same age. So it's like, yeah. you get to a point where you're like, yeah, it's great. Right. What, you don't think about anything more of like the stuff. And then like, sure. And then he's like, I don't know, man. At a show, my friends play with them. They work. I was like, oh, dude, you got to understand. I'm 30. I don't <laughs> care about your scene politics. <laughs> I have not deep dove into this where it's just like, all right, where does each individual member come from? Yeah. What is their lineage? Like, yeah, yeah. I just like the record. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, that's a real young way to think. And like, it totally uh, is. And that's a thing that like takes a while to get out of. And that's a weird thing about punk and hardcore is that like, like you're thinking about more than the music. And there is something to take from music, like lyrics and politics and stuff like that. And, and that's great. And that guided both of our lives, I'm sure. Totally. Um, you know, when you learn to stop listening to One Life Crew because you find out they're, uh, you know, they're <laughs> racist assholes. Like, you go, oh, I got, now I can't oh, listen to this record right. I liked. I like the fact that you use One Life Crew as an example because, yeah, totally, like, there are bands where it's just like, oh, wait, 
this could be considered questionable. Yeah, yeah. And, like, no one knew, really. There was no. questions, and then the second record came out, which right. was just pictures of Border yeah. Patrolmen beating up. Was it, it was Mer- American Justice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Where it was like, yeah. holy shit, I can't even believe this. Yeah, everyone, like there was, and like for like a like a passive listener like me, yeah. I was just like, I was like, oh, new one life crew. Oh boy! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, 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 yeah. I was kind of just into this whole Cleveland hardcore scene. I didn't yeah. know what you guys were like actually trying to get across. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't exactly. support that at well, all. Well, there's like you know, there's that first like Screwdriver record, of course. And, like it's great pop punk, like great. Totally, like, it's, like, they could have been up there with the Buzzcocks. Yep, totally. And then. Like, and then, like, there's this other stuff co- started coming out. Yeah. And, like, you know, this is, like, we weren't around during that time. Right, but, like, right. You know, but you get it, and you're like, this is great. And then the guy's like, I don't know. Wait, and then you hold. listen to it, like, yo, you're not supposed to get this. Of course. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I worked at a record store in Venice Beach. And every once in a while, okay. you know, you get some guys around there coming in. And it's yeah. like, and they would always be kind of, like, a little knowing of it. They'd go, yep. you got any, uh, you got any screwdriver? And I'd be like, no. No. And, you, and they're like, it's like, sometimes they would be like, I got it. Right. Other times would be like, why not? Dude, I'm so glad that you had. I had the same exact experience because I, I worked at a store like in Orange County, in, like Which Hunting, one? Huntington Beach area. Bionic, Bionic Records. Oh, Bionic Records. Yeah, yeah. I worked for the, like two of those stores because there was three at one time. Yeah. Obviously, Huntington Beach is a very large contingent of Huge white supremacists. White supremacists. <laughs> and town. so we would either get the calls or the dudes exactly what you're saying, where it was just like, "Y'all, y'all got any screwdriver?" And it was yeah. just like, "Well, first of all, like the whole y'all, like y'all yeah, thing, where it's like, like we're in Huntington." Yeah, we're not. Saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And plus, yeah. it's like sometimes with that, like that one, the aggressive, like they're putting you on. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. Totally, like, totally. Yeah. Are you one yeah, of us? Exactly. Are you cool? Yeah, it's God. like no, no, no. My favorite thing was that there was one store in Orange County that we referenced people to. It was this, uh, I think it was called Underdog Records in Laguna Beach on PCH. Okay. I'd only went in there once or twice. Yeah, that sounds familiar. A friend of mine worked there, and he had, best story, where basically he said that they, they, they had what they call the white box. They would make such a markup on it. Yeah. Oh, sure. They'd be selling CDs for like 30 bucks. It, it's, it's not the black market. It's the white market. Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. They could sell it at a premium because they knew. Was this a store that had it below the counter? Yes. And they would bring it. I've heard yes. about this store. Yes. I've heard about that. And it was it was incredible because what they, I mean, they were a punk store. So it's like they got it, but they were just like, all right, well, we, we know what we're doing here. Like, yeah. But what they would do is they would put gay porn in between <laughs> some of it. And so it's like, you got dudes fucking flipping through. They have to keep a straight face because they're like whoa what the fuck like oh it was incredible and i was just like i i'd never witnessed it in person my friend who worked there said he's like it was probably one of the best things i've ever that makes it worth it and i'm like yeah like i would love to have seen all of that because that would be incredible that would be incredible Uh, (laughs) like they laugh at those guys and then they profit off of their hate money. Totally. Uh, <laughs> and then, then they're like, whatever, I'll still get the blue-eyed devil CD. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, it's just like, that experience is such a distinctly unique independent record store thing. Yeah, it really it really is. You like, couldn't talk uh, to anybody else and be like, I don't know what you're, like, I mean, I see what you're talking about if you explain everything, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to give so much context. And then you have to, like, give, like, certain kind of history of punk rock every <laughs> once in a while. It's like, oh, this, see, that's funny because, right. um, <laughs> uh, like, Brett uh, Gerwitz wasn't always... He was so in and out of bad, bad religion. So, uh, like, you Here's know, the, Yeah, yeah. They're just like, yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, and then you turn into one of those storytellers where it's like, it's like, well, what time I was hanging out with my friend? Well, he wasn't really my friend. He was like a friend of a right, friend. Right. Well, it's, like, it's like, he was like... It was like my friend who was kind of like my brother, but it was like they went on vacation. You know, it's that yeah, guy that yeah, has yeah. to keep on backing it up. Like, when High Fidelity came out, there was people, like, coming to those stores to kind of try and witness... Totally. Experience that. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's like, is this really how it is? Yeah, exactly. I, the store in Venice Beach, Benway Records, great I'd store. Never, I'd never been there, no. It was really good, but, you know, because of its location, it couldn't be a completely indie rock store. Of and plus, course. The, the time I started working there, it was 
at the time when everything started collapsing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. When, when record stores weren't as quote-unquote relevant anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I'm like, uh, did you ever get this? The guy's coming in, looking at, like, the new releases, and then going, okay, cool, uh, I know what to download now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I like could... why would you even say <laughs> that out loud to me? I need this. Totally. What, like... Because I quit working at the store, like it was around two thousand two, two thousand three. So you saw the like the so very like, kind of like yeah, yeah. totally. Like I, re- I distinctly remember because Christmas we always would kill it, and so it was like I think two thousand one or two thousand two, where it was like the Christmas like we didn't do better than we did the previous year. Where I was kind of like oh, and like I did, I mean I went from working at a record store to a record label, so it wasn't like I was like I'm out of music. Yeah, yeah. But like it was just kind of like oh, this is like an interesting thing, like an interesting cha- sea change. Yeah. In the whole like, which also came out around the same time. Com- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> completely. Nice reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Sweet reference. And, and only only music nerds. Yeah, yeah. I know. The context for the show is like basically just people involved in an independent culture, but like it all kind of you know is rooted from music in some fashion. Yeah. Because I feel yeah. like like honestly, what prompted me to write you and hit you up was the fact like you know I mean I've listened to the Nerds podcast for over a year or so, and like hearing obviously tell about your experiences. And, you know, mentioning, like, I think it was the Henry Rollins interview. You were a part of that, right? Yes, I Yeah, that's there. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that, because yeah. obviously some of the voices yeah. blend into one another. It's like, I think you mentioned Straight Edge, and then obviously, like, your affinity for Black Flag. And then I was just like, this Jonah, dude's no, this Jonah dude knows what's up. Like, I feel yeah. like I feel like there's obviously a lot that can be pulled on. Um, I, I realize the main audience of Nerdist is not no. necessarily me. And it's it's really like it's uh, more people that like Chris and Matt. Like, it's, yep. it's more on that side. Sometimes we'll do live shows and we'll do the Q&A section, the Clement right. section. And then people will say, like, well, when did you know you were, like, a nerd? And I tell people, it's like, I was like, I never felt like that. Like, it's like, you know, like, I never felt like... And if I did, I didn't feel like it was a bad thing. Right. It's because I was in, I was like, a, I was a punk kid. Right. And that was the coolest thing. Right. You were in a secret club. It was somewhat reflected as cool. Yeah, exactly. It's right. like, and you'd be at school, no glances. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, whatever, I don't care about that kid. Right. But then you go and you like, you're like this, you know, you're part of a scene. Yep. And there's adults are, that's a big part of it. Because when you're in high school and you're going to these things and you're friends with adults. Totally. You're friends with these guys in their 20s and you're talking about music. Yeah. And of course, like, you know, when you get older, you're like, Man, there was a fucking like thirty year old guy just talking to like fourteen year old kids. Right, like, right. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing appropriate about that. If yeah. you were just age wise looking at that, to be like, oh, that's that's fucked up. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but like, but you know, but it was punk, so it was like, you know, I I, I had my friends that we would play in bands. Like, yeah. the school would end, we'd go and practice, and we would get ready for a show on Friday or Saturday night. Right. And like, uh, you know, oh, there's a show in the like you know, in Hawaii. You know, show like out on the North Shore, right? Like, out in the boonies, you know, it's like. Let's go, right? You know? And then you see a couple other kids that you've never seen before, and right, you know, it's just it's it makes you feel better. And like I, and so that's my background. And yeah. so when I bring it up or like mention it, like you know, of course, like the kids that listen to the podcast just go hipster. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. That's interesting that that's like you and I are coming from that world, and yeah. that's it, that's funny. And, there, that and that... there's like you know, I've come across like a, like you know a good handful of guys like you, and right, it's always right. guys like you, right? right. <laughs> so right of course, it, of course. Which yeah, is yeah. by that I mean guys, but like guys me. like me, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a guy that like looks kind of like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the same age, exactly. A lot of the people that listen, and I love like all the nerdist listeners. Like they're just like they're crazy supportive, and they're so nice, and they're all like insanely creative. Right. But like I get so excited when I like meet like someone that's like, it's yeah. like Oh man, when you referenced Screeching Weasel, like right. I fucking lost my shit. <laughs> totally, you know? totally. And uh, and that was a big reason for starting Jonah Radio. Right. Which is I was like, what if like I just took that part of the crowd? Like it's like you know I have no intention of it being as big as the nerdist or no. as big as any other thing. Like it's like it's an excuse. Like, hey, those guys that like it when I bring that stuff up, 
how about how all you the pay time? Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you're able to. Yeah, you're able to showcase obviously more of like your personality. That's not. Uh, completely directly related to the Nerdist. Yeah, exactly. Because my, my place in the Nerdist is kind of just, you know, sitting back and throwing in some jokes and of course. You know, being a dick or something like that, which right, is like right. a fun way of joking around. That's how me and my friends joke around. Of course. But the very sensitive Nerdist listeners sometimes think right, I'm right. just too mean. <laughs> I go, I go, how do you interact with your friends? You just hug and compliment each other all the time? I know. Is that, that's it? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what families are for. Right. Friends are fucking <laughs> so you just go, shut up, you dumb idiot. Oh, fuck you. Oh, hey, now let's go hang out. Yeah, yeah. Let's go skateboard. You know? No, no, for sure and that's uh, a, the 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 interesting thing i think about you that i mean tell as far me the as, interesting thing i will me. i mean just because like i've been to hawaii a lot oh yeah I, yeah i mean just like vacation that, with you family want me to turn the washer no, no, on it's totally fine okay yeah, yeah. Else, yeah. <laughs> um vacation a lot with my family there and then played a few shows this was like 2010 i want to say so okay. this is like you know obviously long, way, yeah, long after, after you were gone i always get interested in people that have you know like obviously like the punk and hardcore experience that are obviously from areas that, you know, no one's like, oh, fucking Hawaii, like the hotbed yeah. of punk. And so no. it's like, I know that everybody has to do work in order to get into what we got into. Yeah. But obviously there's another additional layer of what you were doing because, you know, you're on an island. Yeah. You know, it's luckily, you know, there was a scene in place already and mm-hmm. it started, you know, there's this kid I know. I met out here and uh, his dad was like in this band called The Squids and they were like, considered the first Hawaii like punk band like a new wave band okay and it's just crazy like the scene was in place you just had to find it right like I guess that's the case for anywhere yeah but like when you're a kid especially because like you know not to say that like there was only white kids there was like all kinds of different people in the country right right. as a like you know I'm pretty white yeah you are (laughs) Uh, uh, my brother's not that's that was the thing because I was kind of I was very different from my family my mom was white but like you know she just a white kid and I felt out of place right I was real big and I was fat and like, you know, just like all that kind of typical stuff that leads you into, you know, being disaffected a right. bit or being, and then, uh, my friend Donald, who was like this only child with really old parents, mm-hmm. we start getting into alternative music. And then like, he was like, Hey, you know, the, the high school, cause we were going to like private schools, oh, okay. uh, Catholic schools. And it was just the worst. And like, he's like, Hey, public high school in our town, Kalaheo, they're having like a punk show. And I was like a punk show. Yeah. Like who's playing? Is it like, he's like. He named like, some of the bands that's on the flyer. Uh, we're like, what? Like, how? They're they're from Hawaii, you know. Right. And that's I think it's like a, probably a similar thing for any you know any kid coming. Like, it's like the the click where it's like, oh, it's not all big names in MTV and stuff like right, that. Right, like, right, right. There's just shit happening down the street. Right. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. There's shit happening down the street. Right. And we went by people that look like me. And by people that are roughly the same age as me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe you've been to, like, you know, maybe, like, a fucking, I don't know, like, Mighty Mighty Boston's came to town. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They played a big show. Right. And, you know, that's not the same. No, no, you no, know. no. Like, we, we go, and it was just this, like, you know, we were both, like, 14 or mm-hmm. 13, you know, 12 or 13, 13, 14, something yeah. like that. And, like, it was just, like, what right. is this? Right. And Hawaii completely changed for me after that. Interesting. And, like, I would, t- like, you know, and then I, like, there was, like, another friend of mine my friend Bobby, I was like, you have to come and check this yeah, out. Yeah. And come, like, come into this. Yeah, and it's like the whole scene in Hawaii is kind of word of mouth. Right. There's not many people like trancing, you know, through like, it's, right, like, right. it's like, hey, what's this thing going on? You know? Right. It's all like people bringing each other in. Like, hey, I noticed you were wearing 
a you know screeching weasel shirt have you gone to the you know like sure. it's, this, it's like a, well and plus i mean plus you have to look at the fact that like obviously the only touring bands you were getting there are bands that are traveling to japan who are vacation. so large yeah, they're, oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're so big where it's just like i mean like you know my my bosses aren't gigantic but they're big enough to where it's like at the time they were pretty big right yeah. and it's like they'll get flown over for that and it's yep. like all right cool. yeah You're and there was a thing that happened too while i was going to shows like you know all of a sudden a lot less fans mm-hmm. because it became cheaper to fly straight from la to japan like it used uh, yeah, to be yeah. a layover. Of course, became cheaper just to fly straight. Sure, and so there was a big drop, big cut off. Yeah, yeah, and you know there was this was like pre-internet for you know most of us, and you go to the one record store that had like a punk section, and like uh, then you talk to the record store people there, and then like we're gonna send a letter to Braid and try and get Braid to come to town, and <laughs> it's amazing. Or like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Sicko, we're gonna try like you know. Sure. And then there was like you know remember uh, Book Your Own Fucking Life. Of the course. Next, like it's like cold calling people to come and play hawaii yeah it's like you're not gonna make oh, see, money that that's so you guys were you guys were trying to put in the footwork in order to kind of get bands like hey there's a scene here and you should come here the whole the, there was always the same pitch from everybody like you know like sicko unwound fucking bright eyes or uh microphones guy came. okay it's yeah, like, yeah you know there was like all these like assorted jelly beans and you know <laughs> c and k came but it's like it's sure. always just the same uh the same pitch which is uh you're not gonna make your money back yeah but play a, sh- play a show or two or three. Right. Kids will come out because sure. you're a mainland band and it's totally new. Right. You know, like, they're going to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put you up if you right. want. Just break even. Like, yeah, yeah. At break the even. very best. Bring right. some shirts. Sell the, sell the shirts. You'll sell out. You'll sell, them, sell your merch. And then we will be there to, like, show you around. Yeah. You will have personal, like, a team of personal, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. tour guides. Right, right, right. And that was always the That was the, the pitch. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I always talk to people every time someone ask like what it was like to grow up in Hawaii. So right. we'll take the boring town you grew up in, carve it out of the earth and put it right, in the Right, and put it in the middle of the ocean, right. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's exactly the same experience yeah. except I'm yeah. isolated. I mean it's like more it, isolated. when you're in a small town, you can still get into stuff. Right. But like if you really want to see it, you can just drive over to you know Yeah yeah. Take can, a four hour drive here. Yeah. Six hour yeah, exactly. drive. Exactly. Or a band just might happen to come through. Of course, of course. Yeah. So it was uh it was very special, it was very insular and yeah, yeah. no bands ever really came out of it. No. There was a band called Grapefruit that like they okay. got signed to Second Guest Records, or you know, some like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but like the but people came out of the scene, like you know, the two guys that ended up starting, and you know, us by the Twelve Dead, right? They went to my high school, like way before I did, but they right, right. graduated from Kalaheo, and then they moved to Austin, and then they started sure. that band, and then there was like you know, a guy from J Church, and then there's uh, right, I think that's it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then there's a long lineage, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of people and that I'm not aware of. There was a band I actually gave them their first actual punk show. They had only played like a school function and a house mm-hmm. uh, party for surfers before that. And I gave them their first punk show because they were just kind of like, I, they were neighborhood guys I was friends with. It, but they were like way into Pennywise and no effect. Yeah. They weren't like, you know, they're like, you know. Right, all the epitaph punk. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, and you, of course, like guys like guys like, there's no real punk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, this, yeah. It's okay. It's more commercial, but I yeah, mean, I can still tolerate it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Close your <laughs> punk, bro. Right, right, right. Um, I gave them their first show uh, at my house. They used to put on punk shows in my house and they played like fucking covers. Oh, they wow. had like two songs, and then they played fucking Blink One Eight Two. They played Bro Him of course, twice, twice, right, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude. <laughs> Open and close, <laughs> dude. They fucking they just played all these covers, and I was just like, I was like, oh, and I was so embarrassed, right? Because oh, like yeah. these scene guys from all over the island totally. came to my show, judgments, and, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> and um, they ended up like they just they pushed forward, they pushed forward, they came like a, like a really huge band in Hawaii because they're playing that surf punk stuff, and that's right. like, you know what makes that huge, right? And then uh, and then they moved to Huntington Beach, okay, and then uh, they like. Actually, did I guess they did okay for themselves? They were signed to MCA right before MCA just fucking broke. Oh yeah, just went away. Right uh, when it was uh, MCA drive through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember MCA acquired drive through yep, records, yep, yep. and then like everyone's like, oh shit, like H two O was on a major.
major label. Exactly. And then it immediately just fell apart. Wh- yeah. So fast. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember we were getting like the promo disc. Yeah. And then like, and then fucking they're like, oh, these aren't coming out anymore. Right. Yeah. And it was just fucking yeah, I know. Crazy. So yeah. Because no one had any idea what to do with it. They're just like, we need to get on this. Yeah. Sign yeah. bands like this. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, oh, we, well, that didn't really work. Just gone. But uh, they were called National Product. Oh, 100%. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny. Danny, Danny Kessler. Yeah, I went yeah. to high school with Danny. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Good, I mean, good dude. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a good hard, dude. Super hard worker. Exactly. Like, and he's always, like, every time I talk to him, every couple of years, it's always just, like, some other crazy huge project. Like, yeah, right yeah. now, he's, like, co-partners with John Lovitz on John Lovitz's new podcast network. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, and then, like, a couple of years before that, it was, like, or, like, you know, it was, like, oh, I'm going on tour with Pennywise. I'm going to sing with Pennywise. Right, right. And I was, like, and then a couple of years before that... It was like, he's like, oh, I'm fucking selling houses in Orange County. Right, right, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I came across him, I reconnected him again because he was uh, managing a tattoo artist career that he was dating at the time. It was one of the girls, <laughs> one, of the, one of the girls that was on the fucking, uh, the LA Inc. show. Oh, jeez. And it was, I was just, it was so random because it was like, he was, man, like, I was talking to him for like my day job and it was just so, I was like, oh, random. But yeah. Yeah, yeah really yeah, random. Same, same type of guy, that, like where it's just like, yeah, yeah, he'll always yeah. be doing something. He was always positive. He was like student body president and stuff like yeah, that yeah, and like yeah, that yeah. and like the like nicest guys but like uh, when they started man they were the fucking worst band oh yeah and yeah. I'm gonna say they got like they got this guitar player guy from uh, the North Shore who was in this other really good band uh-huh. and then like that completely changed him like he fucking whipped that band into shape sure and, sure uh, but like when they started like they literally was just like they never heard FYP, but they had FYP. Right, right, right. Just because they had no, I don't know, but Edie, you know, right. Just because they had no, yeah, they had no. Yeah, and they and they pushed and they pushed and they were a band for a really long time. They were, yeah, yeah. They and that album that they put out, like you know, wasn't my thing, but like, fuck, if it didn't fucking sound good and was like well composed, yeah, a professional piece of creative enjoyment, so to speak. Yeah, I'm. I probably would have to say that they're the biggest band. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I can't like, I can't think of anything that was obviously like influential, like, or even not influential, but just like something small where it's just like, oh yeah, like that band, like, you know, like fucking donuts on Victory Records from Sweden where you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where you're like, like that, that band will always exist in my mind as far as just like, hey, let's pick a random band out of the archives where it's like, they're all girl hardcore band? Yeah, vegan and straight edge? Like, oh, so be it. (laughs) Donuts. Um, So what was your, your, uh, your family structure like? Like you said, you had a brother? Yeah, one brother, he was older than me. We were getting into like, you know, like with my friend Donald. Like my friend Donald's the reason I got into anything cool pretty much as far as music. Like, uh, but we were all getting into like you know Nirvana and Metallica sure. and you know Sepultura and stuff like that and Pantera and um, there was a, like a thing that happened where like you know it's almost like Donald and I wanted to like get into harder stuff, of faster stuff. You're always looking for that, yeah. But especially my, when you're on that age, exactly. But then my brother, who's like you know three years older than me, uh-huh. he fell in with this group and started smoking weed and like you know metal and like you know fucking like grunge and stuff like that. Isn't of cool. Reggae is cool and, like, you know, right, right. You know, Dave Matthews or whatever was going on <laughs> at the time. And so that was kind of like a, like, and that made me, like, really angry. And that's what pushed me into, like, well, no, Adam, we hate weed. Right. Like, we hate this. This is what our family does. This is what everyone around us, like, we don't like this. Yeah. And like, it's like, you know, oh, whatever, you know. And Right. This and, is what me and my friends do. You do yours. Yeah, 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 whatever, yeah. kid, you know. And, like. <laughs> And that was like you know, and that was like the like kind of like the last time we were brothers, like uh-huh. uh, for up until like the past couple of years. Like he's moving, he moved to LA now, and I'm like I'm getting him jobs on shows and stuff like that as a PA. And like it's like you know, it's really cool to see him come right, like, right, like, right, reconnecting. But it was like a blow to me, like and sure. it was and it was like a thing that I never really like dealt with, like I never or realized there was such a yeah, thing. such a dividing line, right? Yeah, right, right, and right. like I, I was just like I was like oh, and it got me angry, and I was like I just don't want to do that stuff, and it, made, it really solidified that I didn't want to 
smoked pot. I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to be like these people. And Donald had just like heard uh, like Minor Threat mm-hmm. and like uh, like started that DC discourse. Of he's like, it was almost like the dark side. He's like, this is what you want, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is. I think this will speak to you. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Like I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Use. He's like, oh, it means you're straight edge. I was like, whoa, that sounds. Yeah. So cool. Awesome. It right. sounds so cool. It sounds like, cause like all you had before that was like, dr- like I'm drug free as can be. I'm the oh, smoke yeah, free yeah. class of 2000. Oh, I'm right. a, I'm a dare. Grant- it's, it's like- dare- yeah, totally. Yeah. Worst, yeah. I've always found like, you know, the red ribbon week and everything they did. I mean, obviously kids that were doing drugs would wear those as a joke. Yeah. And like, you would just be like, I remember me being calling myself straight edge at the time. And it's just being like, fuck you, you're wearing that ironically. <laughs> like, come on. And I'm like, I wish the police department would hop on the straight edge bandwagon. I wish they were like something a little harder edge. But yeah, yeah I can see where that's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, in, um, like and, I, I mean, like, I imagine like, because obviously, like you were saying, you're, you know, you were rebelling against a lot of the culture that was around you because it's like commonplace knowledge of, all right. You're bored. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to drink. You're going to get stoned. You're going to surf, which, like, when you're stoned, helps out. It's nice. <laughs> so fucking go. Just fucking get high and look at the majesty of an island chain in the middle of the biggest ocean of the world. Like, it's like, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. How fucking right. zen is that? Totally. Totally. You know? Like, who wouldn't? And you know, for me, it was just like, look at that blue fucking wall. Just yeah. Like, I, I just. Yeah, I just the blue wall. I like yeah. that. I like that. And so you were, you really were rebelling against that. Like that, it was a political statement of what you were kind of trying to make. Yeah, and, and like you know, yeah, I got fat. I wasn't a fat. I wasn't born a fat kid. Like yeah. I got fat. Yeah, and you, I, you purposely did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you know, who knows? Like you know, I'm going to therapy now, so I like I'm realizing like. Like, a lot of stuff is a reaction to, like, oh, your environment. Like, it's like, you don't want to, I don't want to be like this, you know. Right, right. I don't want to be the guy with their shirts off, running around, boogie boarding, and surfing. Right. Like, you know. Yeah, I didn't want any of the stuff that was offered to me there. Right. Um, and got me, like, and just with Donald, like, getting really into punk and hardcore. And Strange, sure. strange like, was just so cool to me. And like, and how, then, how old were you when you started calling yourself that? That must have been uh, 13, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, before I completely understood it, you know. Oh, dude, I totally, I remember distinctly, like, riding straight edge on my backpack before even understanding that. Yeah. And there was, there, I went to, like, a private, like, Lutheran high school, and so there was only, like, two kids that had any idea of what that type of yeah. stuff was, but <clears throat> one of them was an older guy, and he was just like, he's like, oh, you're straight edge? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And he's like, like, do you know, like, what that is? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a, a lifetime commitment. And I was kind of like, yeah. And then I went home and I was like, holy shit, what did I get myself well, into? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, they really mean this? But they yeah. tell you the thing. If you stop being straight edge at any point in your future life, you will have to think. Yeah. You are a sellout and you are worthless yeah, to society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> so you're, for an answer. Yeah, exactly. So you were, you, that, that's around the time that you were calling yourself that and obviously. Like, yeah, you know, and, like, and I wasn't like, you know, and then also Strife came to town. Oh, that's right. Yes. I totally forgot that they went to Hawaii. They went yeah, to yeah. Hawaii. Um, Shelter came to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Civ came to town. That's um, right. And like, it's weird because I always say like, we didn't get a lot of bands. We got a lot. Of, we got a lot of bands right. for Hawaii. Right. You know? Of course. Right. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like, you know, when you when you like, we got them once. Right. Everywhere else got yeah. them like every tour. <laughs> right. Exactly. We got them like three times in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you got you had yeah, like a strife, strife on a nightly basis. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I was so ecstatic because I saw strife and voodoo goal skulls, and I remember being up front. And Rick Rodney was looking for a person with a sharpie so he could X up, and I had one in my pocket, ah, and I was like, "Here, Rick, here!" And I was like, "Oh my god, he used my sharpie to X up!" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like looking back on that, I like how ill prepared the singer of Strife is. I know. That, like, it's like when you're a like you do this every night, dude. Yeah, like exactly. when you play, like where's yeah. your where's your big giant sharpie? Like drumsticks, guitar strings, sharpies. Sharpies. <laughs> 
That should be a part of your gig bag yeah, exactly. or whatever you're bringing. Or the writer. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, we need yeah. Sharpies, extra thick. Totally. We don't need beer. Don't worry don't, about don't that. Don't worry about it. Take the money you would spend on beer and right. get a much more Sharpies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, it was great. It was cool being strange. It gives you an identity. Of course. Well, in a time where you fucking need something. Totally. You know, and like, but it's weird because at the same time, I'm so way into pop punk. Right. Like, like you know, way into the cheery, happy, you know, sure, poppy sure. stuff. Um Vindictive, Screeching Weasel. Yeah. Uh, sounds, like, sounds like Chicago was a very large influence on yeah. your, your yeah. musical presence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is weird when I like when I think about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that came out from Chicago. I mean, yeah. you mentioned Braid earlier. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah, Chicago is so instrumental because they had such a diverse scene. Yeah, from everything, and so yeah, I can understand whether it's like, oh yeah, you can kind of pick all that from there. And also the fact that, also it's no like coincidence how creative of a city it is that like the amount of comics that are totally. killing it right now that are all from uh, Chicago. You got like you know, or people that just like spent time there and came up yep. there. It's like you know, you got Kumail Nanjiani, Pete Holmes, Matt Bronger, Kyle Kinane. Totally, like you just got all these. It like, is. It like, isn't. It isn't an accident that that yeah, happens. Yeah, Hannibal Burris. Like you got all these dudes that are just fucking destroying T.J. Miller. Like all these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. But it's it's a great. I mean, like. Yeah, and also, here's another right. Deanna, my future wife, okay, from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everything that is meaningful to you, obviously, has originated in <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a uh, high fidelity, one of my favorite movies. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I've never really, th- I've never broken down. Yeah, yeah. And there you go. We're we're just we're peeling away layers. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. Who needs who needs that therapy? <laughs> but like, yeah, but like even like you know like the Lookout Records stuff and yeah. Mutant Pop and you know. Dillinger Forest, Scared of Chaka, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, those, like, poppier things were mm-hmm. all fucking, I was obsessed with that, too. Right, right, right. And it was, but I was at the same time, I was in these crazy hardcore bands. Sure, sure. Uh, and so did you, you were, uh, were you attempting to play music in the, uh, the high school time? Yeah, yeah, I was, okay. that's like the, you know, the, the, my most, uh, fruitful musical time. Yeah, was yeah, in yeah. high school, and, it, like, it, the year after it, like, uh, I played drums. And so, you know, me and Donald, like, started, like, a band, and then it became, like, this, uh, like, power violence band. Um, oh really? Yeah, it was nice. Powerbombs band with our friend Raf. It was so it was like Donald on distorted bass, me on drums, fucking sweating my fat off, of ass course. off trying to do right, right. blast beats or whatever. Thirty second blast beats for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know because we were into Spaz, we were into Charles Bronson, we were of into course. Locust, and you know. we, we, we were Charles Bronson from Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Los Crudos. Los Crudos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, all yeah, that. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's Jesus. that's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's weird thing about it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, just so much good stuff came for the Victory Records, obviously Victory, from there. Yeah. You guys, uh, guy Charles Bronson. Who? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the actual first band? I always find the first band name to be the most re- not even revealing, but just funny because everyone needs to be in a first ter- like official band. Sure, that you maybe like played your first show. Okay, with. the first band I played a show. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a band I joined that okay. was already existing. Okay, uh, they were called God. Okay, God, our dictator. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And of the, the logo was a crostica, which oh, was a yeah, crucifix yeah. With, sure. with the little edges to make it look right, like a crostica. Right, 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 right. But it was all, you know, like all the lyrics. So this guy, Aaron, who I went on to be in like another band with, completely different band. Right, right. Uh, but like, real like fucking like, and uh, like, yeah, all the lyrics were very much about like the right. hypocrisy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anti-establishment, cool. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, really, the guy was really smart, like graduated high school early, like, but not like irritating politics. Like fucking right, like, right. Oh, this guy knew about the, all those like secret American wars like a long time ago. And so yeah, that was that one. But then the bands that like I was like in developing, like it was uh, right. called uh, the New Originals, which is okay. of course a Spinal Tap reference. Right, 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 right. Uh, and that one was the, like the Power Violence one. Oh, okay. At the same time, like just a sloppy punk band okay. uh, called the Year Outs. That was none the... of those band names are terrible, Jonah. No, no, that's I know that's good. Yeah. I know, that's, I know. Like, my 
My first band, Doom Society. Doom Society. Totally good. ripped off from a, a, a Minneapolis punk band, Code 13. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I was, we were just like, that sounds badass. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh, man, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, like, it's like it's funny because Gutter Dictator, even though I just joined that band, it was like, it's still kind of a funny concept of a name. Yeah. But, like, you know, the new originals, based off of a comedy movie. Uh, the year out was based off of us making fun of our friend from another band who was always like, if Jason can't make it to practice, then fucking that's it. You're out. Right. You're out. And like, uh, so our whole thing was like, it's like, no matter what you do, you're out. You're out. You know? Yeah, of so course. Was, of course. Yeah, so it was the year outs. Y-E-R outs. The year oh, out. Got it. Got it. I like that. After that, uh, the band that started was like a straight edge hardcore, like crazy thrashy. We were into, oh, okay. we were into botch, but we're like, you know, there was also like moments and songs that like was like a, a veil song. Oh, you know? yeah, like, yeah, But like not an veil song, but just like a fucking part that was kind right, of like right. melodic, but like right. mainly thrashy. And like, okay. you know, fucking technical, technical and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. sure. Everyone wore uh, kung fu geese except for me. So there, was, there was a theme. There was a theme behind it. Yeah, there was, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a vision. Yes, yeah, totally. Okay. Um, but it was like it was it was fun. But it was like that was like all these guys are vegetarian, vegan mainly. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, all yeah. of them straight edge. Getting, I'm 16. Going. On, I'm starting to like not take it uh, straight edge so seriously. Sure, I enjoy sure. being it, but like, but I, it didn't. Finding, it wasn't like your your core. Like the. I mean, it yeah. got you through a difficult time. Yeah. But, right. Right. And I, I I find it great for my personal life. I didn't like process that. Yeah, like I didn't yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. preaching it. And a thing that started happening, like, you know, we all got into, really into like The Last Poets. Sure. Uh, do you remember The Last Poets? Like those, like it was the 70s, like, you know, like yep. they had this one song. Uh, I don't know if this is this is okay, but like it's like the song was like one of their biggest hits was like they go like niggas, all mm-hmm. niggas, niggas, and like it's mm-hmm. like, niggas are scared, niggas are scared of revolution, and like, right, just, right, right, right. And like it's like it's them like really commenting on like they have to motivate like their people so they can stop being called that, and they got like it was a very right, like, right. You know, they're you they, they want to use this word to disarm this word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and right. the fact that they're just repeating it, and like I read up on them and read up on the thing, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I found it like you know so like inspiring. But I'm also just obsessed with comedy and sp- obsessed with Mel Brooks. Sure. I love parody. We did a thing after one of our shows because they're always so serious. There's a lot of preaching, and I was like, right. and I would go up get from behind the here's, thing, here's me, yeah, and yeah. then I would have a guy play bongos, and I just like I did a poem. I was like, why is it scared? Why is it scared of exercise? You know, <laughs> that's um, awesome. Drive through restaurants, drive through theaters. Why? Why stop there? You know, like just you know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just kept, it kept pushing it to the extreme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like that became like a thing. Like I started writing funny poems and doing it after these sets. Amazing. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. about being like a dork or being like a fat kid that couldn't get girls and uh-huh. and uh or and like, people were receptive of that yeah people would like like that's interesting people started to expect it and like really? uh, and like you go what's what's it gonna be this time yeah yeah yeah. and like you know they would all stick around no one would walk away yeah and, uh, it was it was always so cool i loved it and i was making people laugh and it was like a, just a blast and of course and it was uh you know i had yeah you were able to experience that, that's interesting because i've always found like whatever punk bands independent bands the world of stand-up comedy like you know we can double this more yeah Hearing about the way that that lifestyle, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Touring. Yep. Playing to people that don't care. Like, yep. just yeah, like, it's... I, like, it just, it blows my mind. Like, cause I never, honestly, I never put it in context until about three or four years ago, obviously, when the podcasting world started to, you know, people you started, started to be like, reveal themselves yeah. completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I, wow, I never really thought about it. Like, you know, fucking dude guy travels to, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin, does like yeah. seven sets to, you know, mostly people that don't care. I'm yeah, like, that mimics my experience of playing in Montreal to like ten people yeah, that don't yeah. speak my language. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like was and that? You still do it, and you still keep of going. course, yeah, right, because it's like obviously, like how everybody says, it's like you know, it's in you, like you yeah. just have to get it out. Well, it's like Rob Schraub, the guy who was, uh, you know, like Dan Harmon's writing partner yep. for a long time, and uh, you know, uh, directed Sarah Silver program. 
he put out a book of like all his like kind of sketches and drawings and all his like storyboards of all these things he's always done. And it's kind of like it's like a real sad title, right? And it's called "But I Can't Do Anything Else," right? Right. This and, is this is it. Yeah, yeah. And like it's like I love that as a thing for like guys like us that just like what are you gonna do? Like I yeah, can't like just, do anything else. Right. Like, right. It's I have to try and make this work. Yeah. For as long as I can. Totally. Yeah. I have a friend who's in a band right now, like pretty popular band. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yes. And he's a he's the drummer, and um, he's kind of over it. Yeah, he's yeah, kind of over, and he's been doing it for ten years. Oh, well, dude, well, I mean, bands existed for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, kind of just wants to start working on new things. And the fear in his head right now is, but can I do anything right. else? It's a, it's a scary thing where it's like, what happens when, like, I like say fifteen years from now, and I just kind of ran out. I've like, I've exhausted my welcome in comedy. Right, right, right. And, like, right. I'm like, what skills? Right. What? What? It's. I mean, obviously, everybody comes to those transition points, especially it's like the idea of like you know going from high school to college, like you're in your band and like you're touring and you're trying to make it happen, and then like you know you know that it's not like didn't start as a business plan. Yes. Like yeah, yeah. you were like, all right, like I, we just happen to be able to tour and squeak by, and like that's fine. Yeah. But like you're always gonna have those transition points where it's like I'm fucking terrified. Like yeah. I just don't know. I don't know how these how this is going to work. Yeah. Like, this isn't sustainable. Yeah. I know that. Like, I know I can't be doing this at, you know, 40 or whatever mythical age you put there. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, like, yeah, whatever sounded old at the time. Right, right. (laughs) No, totally. You're uniquely experienced to have both worlds kind of in your back pocket to like have you drawn that parallel and be like oh because i've played in these bands and have experienced any hard times with that that you can obviously can push you through dude actually you know it's funny because the past year or so it's been a lot of my thoughts about my punk rock background and yeah yeah. it sounds silly to people who don't get it like i don't know like you know to say like i take a lot from punk rock yeah yeah, yeah just the diy ideas and yeah, about a year ago, I was like really down on myself and my career, and right. I was kind of like, I was like, am I just like a guy's sidekick? Am I like, I'm doing shows and I'm doing okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know, like how to push myself to be like, a, like good as like these guys that I'm friends with, you know? Right. Like, like you know, why do I keep doing it? It was like a lot of that going on in my head. I would at the time I was driving home and I was uh, I was listening to the Dickies, mm-hmm. and I was listening to the Dickies album that came out like 2000 on Fat Records, right, right, show and puppets too. And I was like, I've been realizing, I was like, I don't listen to this that fucking thing constantly for like 10 years right and nobody really knows about it no and then shortly after that uh, i had a conversation where someone asked me like oh who would be one of your dream guests to have on the nerdist and i said oh i mean it have to be in mckay a guy who's yeah. influenced me in so many different ways mm-hmm. uh throughout my life like, oh who's that i was like it's a uh, he was in uh, my thread and fugazi and they're like right. oh uh, who are they and you know there's nothing wrong with not knowing that no not at all there's like it's like you know sometimes i'll tell somebody that story and they'll be like what how can you I'm yeah like, no, no you can't yeah. yeah you can't immediately go on the defensive words it's like how come you don't know this subset of a subculture yeah like, exactly and this person is like i think is funny and a really nice right, and right, very, right. like successful and, and like i was like oh well, it's just uh, you know, they're just really good bands. Uh, really, really good bands. Right. Mean a lot to a lot of people. <laughs> right. Like, I it completely yeah. changed people's lives, and you have no idea who they are. Totally. And that's okay. And then that made me think, like, you know what? If I like, if I equated what I'm doing right now to like, if I was just like a punk band, right? If I was not just me and I was like a punk band and I was doing what I'm doing, right? I'd feel like I'd be a really fucking successful punk band. Sure. Like if I were to equate the success I'm having currently, right? Be right. It, however, like small it is. Sure. And then I realized, like, why can't I just enjoy? You know, like it's like punk rock has helped me keep things in perspective. Right. Where I wasn't doing any of those bands to do anything. Right. Of course. And I, like you get caught up because of comedy is so 
in you know in, intertwined and base success of it is based solely on being known of and course. having money and being out on there. TV. Yeah, totally. Um, and like I realize that's not what I set out for. That's not the kind of guy right. I am. Right. I'm I'm punk. Right. And I don't mean to like you know. No, no. Well, because I, I I think it's funny because like hearing hearing the way that you describe it, it's like because obviously punk has been so disarmed where it's like it's not you know it's a novelty and like yes. that's completely understandable. It's oh fine. sure, sure. Because yeah, I mean yeah. that's what happens. To a music scene, once it exists for a long time, it's like yeah. folk, the same sort of thing. Same thing. But the importance that I always put into it is just the the, the, the do-it-yourself nature, where it's just yeah. like the idea of being like, all right, I don't know how to do something. I would like to achieve a goal. I'm going to learn how to do whatever this is. Yes. And like, I just don't think, I don't think that that's inherent in a lot of other cultures. And when I say cultures, I mean like, you know, like, I mean, obviously it's in the comedy world. Like that exists, yeah. like the DIY nature. Yes, and, that, like, and that's a, a, a largely in part thanks to the internet in general. Totally, totally. And, I, and, I, and by that I mean podcasts yep. and video. Totally. Like it's like, especially video. Like, you know, it's like kids have just like, let's just make videos. Of course. And the videos get millions of hits. And now those kids have a career. Totally. Yeah. So it's just like, I think it's like that, that DIY nature. When it gets ingrained in you at such an early age, when you are in high school, you, you carry that with you no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just think it's like so many people without sounding like a dick, it's like, you know, I feel sorry for some people that don't have like, and I don't want to sound like I said, like a dick or egotistical, but it's just like, man, like having that experience, like it's so, you know, without sounding cliche, but it's, it's obviously special. Like, yeah. Even yeah. though it is more mainstream now, and like you know, every kid is in a band, and you can go to Guitar Center, and like there, you know, it's easy to create music now. But you wonder how special it is for a person. Like, are they going to carry it on through the rest of their life, or is it just going to be like something to do for like two years? Exactly. And you know, I've had so, like you know, moving out here, I, I had a lot of my friends in bands, right? And um, you know, I was doing comedy and working part time jobs while they were being able to be in bands full time. Sure. And now it's like for a lot of those guys. Like it's completely switched. We're right. there, and they have to have full in time right in between tours. They're working. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And like that's the thing. Like if I was a band, I'd be doing pretty good. Right. You know, like it's like I, I'm sustaining off of the art form that I chose. Right. Right. Art form. Yeah. But, you know, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the art form that yeah, I chose. I know, right. The, the fart form. Right. right. <laughs> the the palettes in which I choose to create. Yeah. But like it's like you know, and like like uh, there was this, there was this great Southern California band that I was friends with called the Rolling Blackouts. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that. they like and they like band out of the South Bay. I saw their first show at a house in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was, it was uh, 2001, third of July. Wow, it was impressive like, memory. Yeah, well, it's just because like it was like I don't know why I don't really remember shit like that, but like. Because I remember that's like I made friends with them that night and that like they're still my friends to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like, you know, I, had, I was just about to move out here. Got it. And, um, and yeah, and like also Toys That Kill played and the Blacks played. They were like this awesome fucking like uh, blues metal band from like, you know, they were sure. just, but yeah, it was a crazy night. I saw them. I was like, oh my God, these guys are great. And yeah. then I like, just like fucking trudged. And then they fucking like got a record deal on Warner Brothers. Right. Uh, or a record collection, which was the subsidiary. Right. And then they, you know, they got LA Weekly's best rock band in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, and then it just didn't, you know. Didn't continue to move. It didn't continue to move. And it affected them. The fact sure. that, like, the attention's going away. Right. And, like, I was like, well, I remember, like, having conversations, like, but remember, it just, you just keep on pushing forward. And they did for a while. To their credit, they really did. But then, like, some guys were like, hey, I want to get married. I'm going to. Right. Like, Life is happening. I'm going right. to go get, go full time at Whole Foods. There's other bands that just fucking keep going. Yeah, and like like uh, and just work the jobs and, and like it's like toys that kill mm-hmm. XFYP like those guys are still yeah still doing it still right. doing it yeah remember when it was like when they started toys that kill they're like it's like I don't know they're already kind of 
right. the 30s. Right. FYPs. They're long in the tooth. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, like, now, like, Toys That Kill have been around longer than FYP. Totally. And it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just able, I mean, obviously now, like, the way the bands can exist in a world where they play, like, you know, two shows a year. Like, yeah. or, or, you know, they do select events. Like, I mean, I saw Hot Water Music last night, and it was like. Oh, how was it? It was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I they're, they're just. Well. They're just a machine. I did not like that new album. No, it's okay. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, people like you and I have existed parallel to Hot Water Music for their enti- almost their entire career. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I've kind of heard this record before. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Not yeah. in a bad way, but just in like, eh, okay. Yeah. Hot Water, like, they don't need to be out 300 days of the year. No. They're out maybe two months, and like, they're fine with that. And yeah. It's like the mile markers of what you define as success, like, move throughout your life. But you just, like you said, you just have to be comfortable with you know, scaling back expectations and still be like, all right, this is my comfort level. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's about just, like, kind of believing in the process. Like, you know... Yeah, that's true. Think about all the artists, musicians, actors, people will never know... Right. ...who have made a nice living... Right. ...or just an okay living off right. of doing what they exactly want to do. Right. That in itself is success. Totally. That's a successful life and career. Yep. It has nothing to do with fame. It has nothing to do with how many fucking Twitter followers you have. Right, right. Uh, by the way, at Jonah Ray... Is my uh, right, right? Yeah, no, it's perfect. it doesn't matter. But please follow Jonah. Please, uh, <laughs> I am verified. So right. No. Yes. Uh, but it's you know, and this is it's you know, it's funny talking about this because like this is all just what's in my head a lot the past year. Yeah, I can imagine. It's you know, because I started comedy right after I turned twenty. Right. And I turned thirty in August. Right. And so that's ten years of doing comedy. When I started, and I thought ten years into comedy, I was like. Well, I'd be a fucking superstar. Right. Yeah, obviously. Like, look at Steve Martin. Yeah. It's like, right? Exactly. <laughs> I put at. in my time right. if I'm at a 10 year. 10 years, I'll be fucking right. 80 somehow. Yeah. yeah. Five. yeah. I'll be able to sell it five nights at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. fine. And then, um, and then, because also when you start in comedy, too, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, Joe Sib about this on yeah, yeah, the, your podcast, sure. of Joe Radio. Um, you're doing this stuff, and then, like, there's guys you're like, oh, look at that guy. And then fucking. Psh- I was doing open mics with uh, B.J. Novak. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, within uh, two years, was... Right. He had already been on Punked, and now he was on you yeah, know, yeah, The yeah, Office. Yeah. It was just like, oh, oh wow. my God. Right. Yeah, and then, like, all these other like, writing jobs. And then, like, you're just eyes on your own paper. Is it going to affect you doing... Like, you just have to do what you're going to do anyway. Right. You know? Being in bands helped me realize, like, I'm still getting to do that, essentially. Right. All the stuff I was doing before, growing up, being in bands, and being in a scene... I, I, I still get to live that life. Right, right, right. I still get to kind of go back and forth. Like, I'm still friends with guys in bands. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... Um, yeah, it's not like, you, it's not like you've shut off that part of your life. To me, that's what I always feel like it would be the obligatory term of, like, sellout. It's a person who it's like, you know, something that meant something so much to them, they look at it in a non-fond manner. Like, they're yeah. just like, you know, they, they talk down on it. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's something I did as a teenager. And it's just yeah. like... Yeah, it's very important to your developmental process. Right, like, You know, right. how dare you, like, you know, shit on a thing, like... Right, and just, like, look at it like a little kid thing, where it's just yeah. like, oh, like, dude, I'm into Arcade Fire now. Like, that whole concept of, like, I never was this. It's like, no, you... You weren't fucking cool from the womb. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. you're gonna make quote unquote bad musical decisions on what you're, that's part of who you are and where you're at now. Exactly. I never really stopped listening to any music. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, like, we were, when, when you walked in, I was listening to Ask Factor 4. Right. And we had the conversation. It was like, like why did I buy this? When am I going to pop it on? Yeah. Clearly I popped it on. Of course. Uh, and, you know. <laughs> it needs to have a place in your collection. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and, you know, that's a fun thing, too, just like to divert from what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, 
because I'm record shopping now, like I'll like take a like an Instagram of yeah, yeah, my yeah. record haul. I think that's the most hipster thing I've ever said in my oh, life. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I'll Instagram my record haul. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> hey, everybody, see my taste. Yeah, this yeah, is what yeah, I'm exactly. doing currently. Well, I'm sipping on intelligentsia cabbage. <laughs> uh, but like you know, I, I I take a picture of it, and it's just what's fun is seeing the people that follow me that I don't know. So like clearly they're uh, yeah. fans or whatever. Right. But seeing like the different types of people going like F Factor Four, holy shit, I saw them, and then like someone going like. Like, seeing Cake was, like, fucking help me through college. Like, it's, you know, like, just yeah, these yeah, different yeah. types of people reacting to this stuff. And I miss it. I go to this, oh, God, everything I say. I'm going to call it a coffee shop, but it's not because it's a fucking juice bar. Right, right. Uh, but it's, it's in Silver Lake right over there. Sure. And it's great because I'm trying to lose weight. But, like, uh, I go and I walked in mm-hmm. and they're playing Dillinger 4. Yeah. And they're fucking just hippie juice store. Right, right. And, like, uh, like uh, they're playing Dillinger 4. There's a drink... Uh, one of the juices called the Alkaline Trio. Right, Because, you know, it's got, like, carrots and bees. It's just, like, you know, the way that Sure. Happened. And then, like, I see a sticker on the wall. It's a fucking Milo Descendant sticker. Right. And then I just kind of see this, like, kid behind, like, a blonde kid, unshaven, kind of long hair. Kind yeah, of yeah, point yeah. I was like, who? Who's doing this? Who is this? Why, <laughs> yeah, 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 why yeah. is this? And, like, uh, I was like, is it, the, is it a punk guy that owns this place? He's like, no, no, no. This, this guy, Baba G, owns the place. Uh, but, you know, I kind of help him run it. So this right. is my music. And I was like... Okay, because it's not too often that you walk into a place yeah, and yeah. Force playing, let alone a hippie juice place. Right, right, right. In fucking Silver Lake. Right, you're like, we've we've hit the trifecta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we started like talking, and I was like, yeah, one of my favorite bands. He's like, I never got to see him. I said, you're not missing that much. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love Dillsburg cut, Right. I love Dillsburg. One of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe if I could see him not in the middle of a drunken tour. Oh, yeah, Maybe yeah, if yeah. I can see him at a one-nighter. yeah. You know? No, that's true. Yeah, I think I, I only saw them once. I saw them in Corona at the Showcase Theater, and they were great. Uh, but I think it was just because it was a very short tour, and because they were playing, I think more all ages venues than bars. It was okay. It was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that was when the, that was kind of at the height of like when they signed a Hopeless and Versus God. So it's like you know they were more quote unquote professional at the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, talk about guys that just fucking do it. Totally. They all fucking like own a amazing right. bar venue. Totally. They're like the, the best. mecca. Like yeah. yeah, we need to play the triple rock. Yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. That has to happen. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, I, I, you know, I go in and I talk to this kid who's in a band, uh, Vanna Prosta, I think they're called. Okay. Um, but like, uh, we're just talking about music. He's like, it's like, oh, you know, but my all time favorite band is like the weaker bands. So I was like, the weaker them mean more to me than yeah, like yeah. A, you know Bob Dylan. Sure, you know? sure. Yeah. <laughs> John John K. Samson yeah, knows what's up. Exactly. Yeah. I almost I almost basically just ripped off. I was like, this is Bob Dylan to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so good. <laughs> this is this is my Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's fucking just ripping off D Boone lyrics. Right, now. right, right. <laughs> So do you? Because I'm still trying to get a sense. Like, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, like Kyle Kinney, and like there are people that have a history in the comedy world that obviously have kind of come from that punk yes, scene. Yeah, Kyle Kinney is like a yeah. And a bit, a bit, I mean, do you, do you get a sense? Like, do you trip across a lot of people that obviously have that sort of background? Or is it more like just they've been a comedy nerd? You like know what? When I started. I was convinced it was going to be a bunch of guys just like me, same background. Yeah, and it was not the case. You know? Yeah, it wasn't the case at all. Like, because like you know when you're like you're like comedy, and then you hear about like you know John Belushi having fear on SNL. Like you're like, of oh, it's just been, they've been. There's a connection, yeah. right, right, right? And it was not the case. I Interesting. Really did not. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Galifianakis used to come to the record store I worked at. And he saw he would see me at like you know comedy shows, so he would always talk to me and like. He kind of, you know, he he was like a, the first comic I met that knew a lot about music. Sure, sure. Uh, but as far as like a punk rock background, yeah, yeah, can, I can consider like a contemporary. Sure, Kyle Kinane. Yeah, is kind of it. <laughs> I know, and that's I expected a- so many, but you know what? Sorry, I'm totally. I can't believe I spaced on. I had him on the podcast. Sure. Um, 
John Ross Valley, who's this incredible okay. improviser uh, mm-hmm. and actor. He plays uh, like Kripke or whatever on uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Um, he was in a, a New York pop punk band called Egghead. Oh, okay. Uh, they oh, put yeah. They put out CD on Mutant Pop Records. Yeah. They put out Split with uh, Kung Fu Monkeys. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you want to hear the highest male vocals. Sure. <laughs> Kung Fu Monkeys. Listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Don't listen to that. If I can, uh, it would have been funnier if I could have. <laughs> it would have been funnier if I could have nailed yeah, the reference. Yeah, it's exactly. okay. <laughs> this, this isn't a test. Cohen and Cameron. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. Yeah, or fucking Mars Volta. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. And this guy, fucking hardcore punk rock background. Sure. Like, sure. you know, fucking, you grew up in New York. So fucking CBGB's. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. ABC No Rio. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and now he's on fucking Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, I just. I, I, for to me, it's like obviously, it's like anybody that receives like a monicum of success, like on that level. That's I mean, like you know, like you look at Fred Armisen, where you're just like Fred Armisen, yeah. Like you, it, like nothing could make me more stoked, obviously for his creative output, but then just his own context, where it's just like where he comes from, and you're just like, obviously, it's like you see all the sketches on that he's on SNL in Portlandia, where it's just like the crisis of conformity. I have that seven inch. Totally, me too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you you watch that, and you're just like. Oh, like you just feel like I'm at home. Like yeah, I'm just it so. Really, it yeah. was. It felt so good to see that on TV, and for that guy to bring it for for. Of course, it has to be Fred Armisen. Yeah, like that guy brought it out for guys like us. You totally, know? totally. And um, crazy thing about that sketch, though, the Crisis of Conformity sketch. Right. I can't remember what it's called. Like maybe Wedding Band. Look yeah, up Fred Armisen like that, Punk yeah. uh, Wedding Band. It's, it's it's up online. Yeah. The most punk moment actually comes from Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Who, when he realizes that uh, Dave Grohl's mic isn't on for Dave right. Grohl's vocal part, yeah. just fucking grabs, just grabs his mic it and three... fucking throws it in his face. Totally, and totally. Fucking lets him finish it out. Like I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, totally. Fucking, that was cool. Just yeah. harness that moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, no, for sure. And I just, yeah, yeah, it's like you know, even though obviously I didn't know you up until like a week ago, as far as like per- a personal yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah. Where it was like, you know, you'd, I just see that and it's just like, yeah, like, go for it. Like, you're, you're one of us. Like, yeah. it's like that. Uh, it's a sense of community and there will always be a, a level of competition, in, especially from, like, the comedy world. Where yeah. it's just like a friendly competition, yeah, if sure. you will. Yeah, um, but I then, didn't get that. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Dude, you killed it tonight. <laughs> yeah, you I think, killed it tonight. Who was I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to see people that obviously have that DIY mentality where it's like, yeah, like, you know where they come from and that's kind of. What informs who they are now? Yeah, I mean, I was just—it's funny. Right before you showed up, I was texting with the the guy that runs the record label I'm on, AST Records. Oh yeah, they yeah. Put out like because I, I put out seven inches, seven inches, sure. and a ten inch last year. I was like, oh, I think I want to do a second pressing. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh, and they don't have a lot of money at the label. Right, right, so I was right. like, I was like, hey, find out how much it is for a second pressing. I want to, I want to do it. Yeah. And I'll just pay for it. And like, it's like I like that I can, I like that I have the ability to do that. Right. Now and like you know, I'll, I'll start my own podcast and I start my own podcast. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, have bands send me their shit that they work on DIY and it's a you know, and that's a fun part. Like you know what you're talking about, like with this, like you know, people coming from a area, like you know, I that's a big part I like about Joan Radio. Like when we had John Russ Bowie on. Yep. Kyle's gonna do it when he's in town. Um, we had Ronnie Barnett, the bass player from the Muffs. Uh, okay. On. Muffs are kind of like they'll put out a record yeah. every once in a while. But like now he, you know, what he does he's fucking doing magic. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a magician now. Right. And there's other guys that are magicians now. There's like guys like fucking from uh, Buffalo Tom or whatever. Like there's yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. Old, Life is so long. Of course, you, you got easily, you you yeah. Tra- yeah you transition into different things and it's like basically whatever you did as a kid and when I say kid like obviously you you always reflect nostalgia. It's a very powerful drug. You know that shapes who you are, especially yeah. like if you do get into shit that you're like I can control this on my own. 
Yes. I could put together a band. Yeah, totally. everything you did will inform what you do. Right. Yeah. yeah, especially from, yeah, like I said, I think the biggest thing that I ever learned, and any, anytime anybody younger than me always asks, or asks, like, oh, like, you know, how did, how did this happen for you or whatever? It's the idea that, like, you can start now. You don't have to wait. Yeah. You don't have to wait until you graduate or whatever. Like, you don't have to wait for permission. Like, you can start when you're in junior high. You can yeah. start when you're in sixth grade. Like, whenever exactly. that entry point is, like, that's what will open the door. Yeah, it's funny. Um, last year... For like the past year, like like up until November, I was riding on the soup. Right. While I was there, like it was kind of like when I started going through all this kind of like crisis of faith. Not a crisis of faith, not a breakdown, but like you know, yeah. turn thirty is kind of like it, it's a little tricky, and you don't you, you don't take let in, it. you take inventory. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, because you live so much life after twenty. Yeah. You know, you live so much life for sure. Uh, and I'm sure I'm gonna, we're both going to live much more. Like, 30 yes. is going to be like, oh, that was even crazier. Right, right, right. Uh, but, um, like, the amount of stuff that happens and the amount of developing that happens. Totally. As, as you as a person is just insane. And, like, uh, like while I was working on The Soup, just as a writer and doing this kind of stuff, that was like, I started having the same feeling I did before I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, where I was like, why am I restless? Why am I bored? And, like, because, um, like, I was like, I just kind of want to do some acting more right and like and i felt ashamed like because i was like for like wanting that yeah, yeah exactly like who am i to ask for like i got i got good stuff going. i got a writing job but like um, right and like because it's so lame to say right. that you wanna I want to do that be an actor, right? yeah exactly but then i like i thought to myself i was like well that's only just because i'm a bit more aware now like when i was right. 20 going like i want to be a comedian that's right. just as dumb right of that's course just as ridiculous of course. right 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 and it's um and when i realized that or like when i was like 15 i was like it's like i'm gonna be in bands you of know of course it's uh when i realized i was like hey, i've done it a few times before where i said i wanted to do something yeah and like the thing is i was like putting it up i was like oh, i don't know yeah, yeah you yeah. know i don't need to do that right 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 and like it's like i can i just have to start doing it right right yeah <laughs> yeah it's just a matter of like all right this is the, i've done this like you said you've done this before you can move forward yeah, yeah, yeah exactly well i don't think there's any better place to leave that i mean we, we covered a lot With of the hopeful future exactly <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice little bow on this nice present yeah, yeah but yeah i appreciate it dude. oh I, no thank you so much for having me yeah, i yeah. gotta have you come and hang out general radio sometime yeah no for sure i'll show you what we do yeah, yeah i would love to that's what i murder you sweet so that was my talk with jonah ray you can check him out on his website jonahray.com he also does a podcast called jonah radio that's separate from the Nerdist podcast that he co-hosts with Chris Hardwick, uh, Jonah Radio is able to, you know, express more of his musical desires, as he mentions uh, in the podcast interview that I did with him. So yeah, check him out in those numerous properties. I'm just glad to now call him a friend, and uh, he's a good dude. So check out the website, 100wordspodcast.com. Visit propertyofzack.com. The editor of the show is Tom Richfield. Mad props to him. And uh, until next week... Be safe, everybody.